welcome to Freedom of Groovement on 1020 Radio. This month we'll be covering music from Ethiopia, so stick with us for the next couple of hours. We're going to start off in the golden age of Ethiopian music, which is sort of the early 60s to the early 70s, and then we're going to talk a bit about the Ethiopian diaspora and uh, their music in the 80s, 90s and early 2000s, before rounding off with a bit of more contemporary offerings and speaking about the current political climate in the country. Oh, 
motion sendereng Pamuradis dan bareng Kepadeng, kepadeng Kepaya wong lalai Ethiopia enjoys a rich and diverse musical tradition, but uh, some of the cornerstones of uh, traditional Ethiopian music that have been carried through till today are the pentatonic five-note scale and also uh, the sly double entendre lyrics um, in the Amharic language. Um, That is actually called wax and gold, um, which is also a form of poetry and kind of permeates all uh, a large part of Ethiopian culture and I'll talk a bit more about that um, later on. For now this one is by Orchestra Ethiopia uh, which was a performing group formed in 1963 actually by an outsider, by an Egyptian-born um, American composer and ethnomusicologist who was called Halim El-Dab. Uh, the group was formed of multiple different uh, backgrounds, so um, from different regions and ethnic groups, and at times it comprised up to 30 traditional instrumentalists, vocalists, vocalists, dancers um, from uh, many uh, different areas of Ethiopia. They also brought together all of the different instruments um, uh, in uh, Ethiopia, which include the kra, which is a medium lyre, the mesenkwo, which is a one-string fiddle, the bigwena, which is a large lyre, the washint, an end-blown flute with finger holes, and then uh, the embila, which is also an end-blown flute but doesn't have finger holes the malakat, the straight trumpet, and the kabaro, the drum. Later on we'll hear a bit more uh, brass instruments and also accordion because those became popular uh, later on in Ethiopia. Galen di reda wa na 
Unlike many of its African neighbors, Ethiopia was never colonized, but brass instruments still found their way into the country. And the way that happened is actually Italy attacked Ethiopia in the Battle of Adwa in 1896, but the Ethiopians managed to fend them off. And after the victory, world leaders from all over sent gifts and congratulations. Russia's Tsar at the time, Nicholas, sent 40 brass instruments and a teacher um, over to Addis Ababa. The emperor at the time, Menelik, Menelik II, uses them at his, as his royal sort of court music. And uh, from, as they say, the rest is history. Um, in a sense, though they avoided colonization uh, by foreign powers, their music was still colonized uh, with uh, brass army bands, a pattern that we can see repeated in other countries, such as Ghana. Another uh, band that was imported over uh, was during the reign of Haile Selassie. And um, he was visiting uh, Jerusalem and he saw a band of 40 Armenian orphans. Uh, this, that band is still called the Abra Lijok, which is 40 kids. And uh, this band arrived in Addis Ababa in 1924 and became the first official orchestra of Ethiopia. Yeah, I'm a 
Absolute legend over in Ethiopia, Mahmoud Abed Ahmed. Sorry, I've been murdering some of the names already. I'm sure uh, he got his start in 1962 when he was at the Arizona Club, which was an after-hours hangout of Emperor Haile Selassie's Imperial Bodyguard Band. When the singer for that band did turn up, uh, Mahmoud asked to sing a few songs, and then he became a part of the band's regular lineup, where he remained until 1970. By many accounts, the early 60s and early 70s were the golden age of music in Ethiopia. This is because um, uh, what came afterwards was a period of censorship, uh, which I'll talk about very soon. But um, in the early 60s, 70s, Addis Ababa was a thriving place. There were foreign embassies, there were a lot of uh, expatriates and um, foreigners living in the country. Um, there were also very popular clubs and Addis Ababa really was quite a swinging happening place. Um, Ethiopian traditional rhythms in that era and melodies were mixing with funk and rock and roll and that's when we saw the uh, coming to prominence of Ethio jazz and I'll play a bit more of that uh, later on. Um, you can hear a lot of this music on uh, retrospective albums called Ethiopiques, um, compiled uh, I believe by a French uh, person. Um, since sort of the uh, late to early 90s. I think they've got you know, a couple of dozen um, records out now, so definitely go check that out. I've sourced a lot of my music for this era uh, from Ethiopiques. <laughs>
this one by another legend, Hailu Mergia and the Waliers Band. He was the keyboardist. Um, they were a jazz and funk band, and they had a hard polyrhythmic sound influenced by Western artists. Um, they came to prominence in the 1970s, um, and when the uh, Derg government took over from Haile Selassie, um, they imposed strict curfews, so it really had a, a big impact on uh, Addis Ababa's nightlife, but music was still being regularly recorded, and cassettes were the typical uh, release format. Um, awesome Tapes from Africa has done a number of reissues on cassette, of um, Haibu Mergia's uh, music. The Waliers Band had a 10-year-long residency at Addis's Hilton Hotel in this period, which was pretty much the only venue that was open uh, at nighttime, and it was open uh, mainly to sort of uh, rich people, diplomats, etc. During the Derg dictatorship, censorship was oft often a big problem uh, for the musicians of Addis Ababa, but uh, Mergia basically found a way around that by creating instrumental uh, songs. Um, there were uh, lyrics at the beginning of the song, but broadly speaking, um, they instrumental. Um, next, we're going to play a bit of the pioneer of Ethio jazz, Mulato Astake. <laughs> Thank you. 
born in Ethiopia, Mulatto Estake was educated abroad, including at the Berkeley College of Music. It was in this foreign education that he was able to learn about uh, jazz music in the 60s and early 70s. And when he came back to Ethiopia in the early 70s, he brought his new sound, which he called Ethio Jazz. And he continued also to work in the US and travel internationally. Um, he appeared as a special guest, actually, with Duke Ellington and his band while they were on tour of Ethiopia in 1973. Some of his recordings were recorded in uh, the United States, um, and um, once his uh, record label, uh, or the record label that he primarily released with, Amha Records, ceased production, um, then he um, remained to play with Haile Mergia and the Williers. Uh, for the band's 1997 album Cherbelu, um, but by the uh, 1980s, uh, Mulatu's music was largely forgotten outside his um, own country. Um, obviously, now it's been uh, rediscovered or you know, repopularized, I should say, for a number of decades, and I think you'll recognize uh, the next number. Thank you. 
He is uh, one of the masters of um, sort of lyrical trickery, which is uh, you're able to do in Ethiopia uh, using the wax and gold tradition. So um, 
what happens there is that words have double meanings. So wax is the apparent meaning and gold is the hidden meaning. This was used in the 1980s to uh, broadcast subversive and anti-government messages during the Stalinist um, dictatorship of uh, the 1980s. This one is one of his big hits. It's called uh, Tessasico uh, Menor, uh, and it means surviving with a smile. Enjoy. Obviously, um, it was used in music. In po- uh, sorry, it was used in poetry before it was used in uh, music. It kind of forms a part of the Ethiopian collective um, consciousness. 
there's definitely some parallels in between Wax and Golden and some of the music I played uh, in uh, the South Africa show, which was made during Apartheid, which also had uh, sort of double entendre um, subversive lyrics. So clearly it seems to be a popular and uh, useful way to get across government censorship.
this one, another one by Hailu Mergia. You're tuned in to Freedom of Groovement on 1020 Radio. I should say that I re-upload all of these episodes on uh, my SoundCloud, which is just Freedom of Groovement, and I'll also put a track list at, uh, in the comments so you guys can go check out uh, all of the great music that I've been playing today.
I really don't want to speak over that one because I love that track so much. I think it's just so utterly gorgeous. Um, it's by Admas. It's called Anshi Bale Gami. Um, Admas is one of the first, is the first uh, diaspora recording that I'm playing for the show. So during the Derg regime, people, millions and millions of people fled the country, uh, fearing for their lives and the lives of their children. Admas were formed in Washington, D.C., where there's quite a large uh, Ethiopian um, exile community. And uh, they aren't themselves musicians of the golden age. They are actually the children uh, of people who would have been um, sort of old enough to make music during the golden age. This record, which is called Sons of Ethiopia, um, is being reissued finally after many years of waiting on Fredericksburg Records. Uh, it's being distributed over here in uh, Europe by Rush Hour. So I highly, highly recommend you go check out the rest of that LP. It is um, singular and uh, beautiful and um, just uh, probably going to be one of my favorite, favorite releases of this year. Um, so, yeah, I highly recommend you go check that out. Oh, 
As you can hear, Ethiopian music survived on well in other countries uh, due to the um, diaspora of uh, a lot of musicians and just people uh, living in North America and um, Europe. And I have to also, I think at this point in the show, take a bit of an issue with uh, the commonly used golden age of Ethiopian music, which is said to be between the 60s and 70s. I would contend that um, 
sort of uh, the Western gaze upon uh, that era of music wouldn't have happened without uh, a lot of these uh, diaspora artists um, making incredible music uh, just outside Ethiopia because their record industry had been utterly decimated. Um, so I think there's never really been one golden age of Ethiopian music, just a succession of uh, different ages. The next one is by um, an artist that's been called the Aretha Franklin of Ethiopia. Her name is Asta Aweke. Asta Aweke. Sorry about that. Sometimes I pass a 
diaspora artist. Well, actually, he was in uh, a performer in Addis Ababa in the Roha Band and the Ethio Stars, as well as the Waliyas, which I mentioned earlier. But uh, when he um, exiled uh, from Ethiopia, he decided to fuse Ethiopian contemporary music with a variety of uh, world beats. And I think you can kind of hear the Soka influences on this track. He also recorded other tracks that sound a bit more like Boogie or Cha Cha Cha, uh, High Life, Hip Hop, etc. So um, it was definitely a lot more common for bands um, or uh, recording artists outside of Ethiopia to draw on the influences of the um, usually um, quite diverse communities in which they lived in uh, North America and uh, Europe. Um, I'm going to keep on going with the uh, diasporic artists, just moving through the ages now, uh, getting more and more modern, and then, uh, as I said earlier, I'll close on a bit more contemporary artists uh, from Ethiopia itself. So stick with us. This is Freedom of Groovement on 1020 Radio. Thank you for tuning in. Alice in the alley 
This one by another legend who was exiled. He uh, was forced to leave Ethiopia in 1970 after leading a protest song at a concert in Addis Ababa. He moved to Sweden first and then the United States, where he now performs regularly in Washington, D.C. He was also a part of the Soul Echoes in the 1960s. I'm talking about Teshomi Mitiku. Um, this one is uh, one of his later productions. Um, he was uh, active and producing until uh, fairly recently. Um, so that's why I'm playing it now instead of earlier in the show, despite the fact that he is a bit of a, a legend over in Ethiopia. <laughs> Push 
This one by Noé de Bebe. He was also a diasporic artist who was um, originally a protege of uh, Trailun Gisese. Um, He was also in the Roja band, who I mentioned earlier. And then he's also uh, uh, sort of um, worked uh, on accompaniment uh, with Astor Areke and um, Mohamed Ahmed, who I've also played earlier. Uh, After this, we're going to play one by uh, one of the more recent legends uh, over in Ethiopia. Her name is Gigi. I should also mention the uh, reggae influences, which are pretty obvious on this track. Uh, reggae um, certainly had a big part in influencing a lot of music that's popular today. Indeed, it's still popular over in Ethiopia, so it's uh, raga. Um, and I'll be playing a bit by Teddy Afro, who was uh, known to be influenced by this kind of music as well. <laughs> Good fellas and 
sounds familiar it's because it's a reprise of a song I've played earlier on in the show this is Good Fella um, sung previously on the show by Asta Aweke now sung by Gigi off of her 2000 uh, is it 2001 album uh, by the same name <laughs> Sing what I did, Yan and Shuntu, Siaura Gurk, I knew Gadai, 
He's also a part of Dub Colossus, who are a electronic um, sort of band. Um, I came across one of their remixes, I think, of, uh, of a Tanari Wen track. Um, but anyway, they're very cool. Uh, he does that in a co-producer with um, uh, an English guy, I think. I'm going to round out uh, the diasporic tracks uh, with this one. And I just wanted to say as a final note that um, the diaspora has, has come to an end now. Uh, the uh, dictatorship has also come to an end uh, over in Ethiopia and people have um, been allowed to return. And um, a lot of musicians have indeed uh, returned from the United States and elsewhere. And um, I highly recommend checking out a podcast by Afro um, what was it called? Afro Pop Afro Pop Worldwide. That's what they're called. Sorry, I just had to remember about the diaspora, the Ethiopian diaspora, which you can find on SoundCloud. After this one, a bit of Teddy Afro. Sauce, the 
Come on, let me 
Afro, so was the one before. Um, he mixes reggae and traditional Ethiopian styles as well as pop music. He's also been critical of the government, and um, some of his songs have been banned from media outlets. Um, four of uh, the songs from uh, one of his albums were uh, banned. He's also a brilliant lyricist, and like I said, very popular. He's sold over a million uh, records over in his home country. And he's just got a great little discography of just fun tracks that are really um, enjoyable to listen to. I don't understand the lyrics, so um, it could be that they're you know very uh, heavy, but I think um, what he's probably doing is doing that mixture of heavy lyrics and then you know more uh, a contrast with uh, happy fun music after this one uh, a song by Machalu Hundessa <laughs> 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 
spoken about artists who um, either were in exile um, or fleed their country, not just in Ethiopia, but in many of the other countries uh, that I've covered. Um, so apartheid South Africa comes to mind. And I've also sometimes spoken of artists who have been um, assassinated for their art. Unfortunately, Hachalu Hundessa is one of those artists. Even more unfortunate is that it was very, very recently, it was only at the end of last month um, that he was assassinated in Addis Ababa. Um, two men have been arrested in conjunction with uh, his killing, um, but um, it seems and it's been theorised that his killing is politically motivated. 
Achalu Hindessa advocated for his people, for the Oromo people, who formed the largest um, ethnic group in Ethiopia. However, they feel uh, like they have been consistently repressed politically and democratically under government. Um, and Achalu uh, Hindessa actually became politicized and became a singer after spending five years in prison at the tender age of 17 as a political prisoner because of um, the views that he held uh, while he was at school in Ambo. Um, obviously, just a terrible thing to happen, to see happen. Um, it's made even worse in a way by the um, civil unrest that followed and the violent repression which happened. Over a hundred people have died in clashes between protesters in the wake of Hachalu's death. So I'd just like to take a moment to um, think of the Oromo people and the people of Ethiopia who are currently uh, suffering who are currently in a period of mourning after losing one of their most prominent uh, artists. And um, yeah, it's just really, uh, uh, really sad um, to see when these kinds of things happen, but it, it does still happen uh, even in uh, 2020. Um, the next track is another track uh, for the Oromo people. Um, but first, I'll let Hachalu uh, Hidesa um, finish this one off. It's called Jira. <laughs> Oh, my God. 
us to the end of our show thank you so much for tuning in this has been freedom of groovement on 1020 radio this month we've been exploring the sounds of ethiopia thank you to 
uh, Afropop Worldwide for putting out amazing content and podcasts for uh, probably decades now. Um, they served as a really good uh, starting point um, for this radio show. Thank you as well to the Grey Area, uh, for, for to Ed, for um, sharing his knowledge about Ethiopian music. Um, also really provided a, a good jumping off point for the show. Thank you to 1020 Radio for hosting, as always, and um, I will catch you next month in a new country, who knows where. I hope you'll be able to join me. Uh, Rest in peace to Hachalu Hundessa. Thank you very much. Goodbye. (laughs) 